All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Thursday, February 1st of 2024 here. Looking ahead, we have a four-game NBA main slate later this evening. I know golf teed off earlier this morning. Good luck to all of you in your golf contest this weekend. And then we have a two-game NHL main slate later tonight as well. So I should have DFS all day for you guys. Thursdays are one of the best days of the week for DFS, in my opinion, especially during baseball season. Uh, golf's going on. You got, you know, usually split day MLB, and then you have, you know, your night sports. So uh, I always love sweating DFS throughout the entire day here. So that makes Thursdays one of my favorite days. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, you want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. You get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the Sabersim team here. So I can't say enough good things about the Discord. <sighs> but with that said, we're going to get the app pulled up here. And we are going to jump right in. So starting with questions that came in in Discord, as always here, uh, looks like there were uh, quite a few follow-ups here yesterday. Um, looks like Henry jumped in. Appreciate you, Henry. Answering SD Lancaster. Uh, looks like our first question came in from Jay Sams Jr. So we're going to start there, and then we will keep the show rolling. So question says, how can I use the Sims to determine how many shot attempts a player will have? Also, how many shot attempts a player will have from beyond the art, this is for prop betting purposes. Uh, so I don't think that type of data is in here. So any, any uh, you know, stat-specific data is available on the pro and up subscriptions here. And you can see them beyond percentiles, you know, minutes, points, two-pointers, three-pointers, rebounds, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and turnovers. So those are the detailed stats that we provide as far as shot attempts and two-shot field goal attempts, three-shot field goal attempts. Uh, those are not available here. So unfortunately, not going to be able to help you out in that department. All right. Next question here from interrogator. Question says, when loading multiple, say five different single entries slash three max entries from a single build, what's the best process? Run a single contest sim and adjustment unique for all of them and then save. Run a contest sim for each and save individually. How do you get a good portfolio? Okay, really good question. So there's there's kind of two schools of thought here, okay? And let's just run a build. You know, let's run like 500 lineups. And then uh, I will show you guys two different ways to do this, right? Um, one of them is where you use a single contest sim and, you know, let that be the contest sim that you use for all of your contests or you do them individually, right? Uh, two schools of thought really just comes down to personal preference. You know, how specific do you want to be, uh, et cetera, right? So if I like load up a CSV for tonight, I go over to my build and let's say that if I go over to my lineups, sort by entries here. So, you know, I have a number of single entries, right? Uh, one, two, or say I'm doing single entry in three max, right? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 10, 11. So I have like 11 single entries, right? Well, maybe I just want to use the highest dollar single entry. So I use like the $12 pick and roll. And then I create a contest sim for this. And then basically I, I go in here, you know, I set my number of lineups. I think it was 12. And then I run the contest sim 
for that one contest and I allow that contest sim to uh, be used when I use, I use the contest sim metrics from that one contest sim for all of my single entries, right? And I'm basically saying, hey, I, I just want to pick the highest dollar single entry or the one I care about the most and let those results uh, go for all of the contests. So I can't say that that's the best practice. Uh, but it can be good practice if you're in a in a tight uh, window here. So like yesterday, the Zion news uh, broke kind of late, like close to lock, even though the game was later in the evening. Like like say like lock is at like 4.30 p.m. Pacific time here tonight. And, you know, the Pelicans played later in like a later game window. Well, the Zion news broke kind of before slate lock. So if you could get that information in and get your lineups updated, that was beneficial, right? So like in that moment you know, maybe running a single contest sim is going to be faster because you're in such a time crunch. I think he probably had, you know, less than five minutes to react to that news appropriately. So, so I think it's okay to use one contest sim when you're in a time crunch. Okay. Now, optimal strategy is where you have, you know, multiple contest sims here. So like say, so like right now I have two contest sims, right? I have the $12 and then I have the $2. So then when I run these, uh, you know, you get, well, first off, just remember you can create up to 10 contest sims total, right? So you can have 10 different contest uh, sims set up. And then when you hit run contest sim, they're all going to run at the same time. Okay. So then right now it's processing, it's running all the individual contest sims for every lineup in your pool against the appropriate set of field lineups. And then when that finishes in your drop down here, you can see that you're going to have contest sim data for each contest sim, right? So the optimal strategy is to, create individual contest sims, go into each one, sort by the appropriate metric, you know, build one lineup. And then now that I have my one lineup for my single entry contest, contest sim sorted by risk adjusted ROI here, I can go to save to my contest. I can only select the contest in question, save that one. You're going to see the source gets updated to build one here. And then I go back to the build First thing I want to do is I want to trash this lineup and I, I could, I could click the trash icon in the build. I could right click on my lineups. If this is like a portfolio, maybe this is a 20 max, right? Uh, you want to trash them all at once. So I'm going to hit trash from all lineups. I'm going to trash that lineup. Basically I don't want that lineup to be reused because maybe it was good for this contest. sim. well, Hey, maybe it's also good for another one just to make sure I'm getting unique lineups. I'm going to take the extra step of trashing it here so it doesn't get recycled if you care about that, which I personally do here, and which is what we recommend uh, is playing a unique lineup into every entry. And then from there, you know, then I go and switch my contest sim that I'm sorting by, and I go to the $2, right? And then now I get a new lineup, and then I go, and then I select that contest, and then I fill that one, and then you're going to see the timestamp updates, right? This was a minute later. Boom. Then Now that one's filled. And then you would essentially go through that process for however many contest sims you have. So that is like the, the best strategy because uh, you're being as specific as possible on a contest by contest basis. But it can be a little time consuming, right? If you have 10 contest sims and you're going through that cycle over and over again, if you're in a time crunch, it's going to be kind of hard. So I think that, you know, Using that as your baseline, the every contest, contest sim option where you're uh, filling, trashing, and then filling the next contest, unless you're in a time crunch, then just picking like a proxy contest sim and then using that just to make sure you get those lineups in because there is nothing worse than not getting your lineups in. It doesn't matter if you're using projected score. It doesn't matter if you're using Sabre score. 
doesn't matter if you're using a percentile. The, the absolute worst thing you could do is not get your lineups in on time. So get your lineups in regardless of the sorting metric you're using, and then even come back and then, you know, refill it with the one you want and then get an updated set in, right? You can just override it as many times as you want. So always make sure you get your lineups in, guys. All right. Okay, good question. Glad we covered that one. All right, another one. Coming at you. Can you go over how to get half slash even slash twice of the field at the player team stack levels? What markers in the sim do you look for when finding leverage points versus the field? Okay, good question. So the best thing to look at is typically pool exposure. So what pool exposure shows you is like, hey, you know, right now, you know, say I open this up, right? Say I'm looking at 20 lineups. You know, I'm looking at a very small subset of my pool, right? So this is going to be, hey, in the top 20 lineups sorted by this metric, you know, these are the best plays. But hey, across all of your entries, all, I mean, all of your pool lineups, you know, the player came up in this many, right? So, you know, Tobias Harris in 20 out of our top 20, but he's in 63% of our pool, right? So this pool exposure is going to be a better option to look at when trying to figure out leverages, right? So what I would suggest here, change the number of my lineups to match your pool. So it's going to be 500. And then go in here and sort by leverage. This is going to tell you your pool exposure leverage on a little bit of a wider scale, right? So then now I can come in here, say, hey, who does SaberSim like the most? And then this is going to be GG Jackson. It's going to be Paul Reed. It's going to be Tobias Harris. Uh, just looking at this, it looks like Memphis is going to be another value play. It looks like Joel Embiid is out because I'm pretty sure he got hurt in that in that uh, game against the Warriors. So, you know, Paul Reed shoots up, Tobias Harris shoots up, right? Uh, looks like there's maybe even some value on on Utah. So like, you know, this is kind of a way of like, Hey, you know, what do I want to go look at for this slate? Right. Because in my opinion, you know, the, the, the high leverages are the plays that you care about. These are the plays that you're effectively rooting for. You're saying that, Hey, on average, I have more of these players in my lineups than the, than the average player does. So you want to make sure you agree with these plays, right? So this is a good opportunity to say, Hey, you know, let me go into Memphis, you know, why, do we have so many Memphis players? And then you come in here and you see all these guys out, right? And you're like, oh, okay, I get it now, you know? And then you come in and look and, and you know, it makes some sense to you, right? I go to Philly. Oh, you know, and beads out, right? Exactly like we were talking about. Okay, that opens up huge value on this team. Okay, got it. Go to Utah. Uh, interesting. They just have like kind of some low salaries here. Some of these lower guys, like, you know, decent plays, but also decent ownership. So they seem okay. You know, nothing crazy here, but, but looking at your leverages is going to be one way to do that. And then looking at it on your entire lineup pool level and then comparing, because what leverage is doing, it's looking at your exposure minus your ownership, and then it's returning a number, right? You can also inversely sort. I can look, Hey, who do we not like? Right. Okay. Scotty Pippen Jr. Hey, he's on Memphis. You know, we were just talking about Memphis is a big value team, you know, that's kind of interesting, right? Maybe that's an opportunity to look into. Hey, why do we like some Utah guys and not these other Utah guys, right? And you just start like going down this rabbit hole of like understanding a slate and, and figuring it out, right? So like the, the Memphis stuff, really interesting to me. The Utah stuff, really interesting to me. Like those are opportunities to say, hey, maybe I need to spend a little more time looking at this specific thing 
to make sure it makes sense to me what the builder is trying to do, right? And then you kind of go from there. But but that's like kind of the rabbit hole you want to go down and using those leverages at the top and bottom are going to help you because remember like mathematically matching ownership is the most neutral thing you can do. Anything above or below that is going to be where you know, you're, you're rooting for, you're rooting against. Those are going to be the things that ultimately separate you from, from the rest of the field is those plays that you have that the other players don't, or the plays that the other team has that you don't. Right. And so just understanding those is, is super important. And then, uh, you know, how do you get half, even twice of the field? Uh, you just do that with, with max minimax max exposures, you know, nothing special there. You look at ownership, and then you come in here, like, say I'm looking at my top 20 lineups. You know, Greg Jackson is 10% owned. Maybe maybe that's too much leverage for me, right? So maybe I only want him at, like, 5x. So then I would go in here and I would set my max exposure to 50, right? And then and then now I'm, I'm less than, you know, now I'm 5x the field, right? So always compare that to ownership. You can do that on any level. Uh, we don't have stack ownership, but what you can do is look at, like, stack pool exposure, and then just kind of see like if you agree with some of those things and then kind of go from there. But, um, you know, since there isn't stack ownership for for this, uh, not not as easy to, to go over. But also not as like relevant either. Okay. Next question here from Mike. Mike said, hello, office hours. I'm currently on the pro plan. Besides Sabre score, what other metrics would be useful when sorting for certain contests to get different and more diverse? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, I don't really try and overthink this. Um, Sabre score is, is taking three variables into account. It's looking at projected score. It's looking at an ownership component. And it's looking at a percentile. You know, th those are like the defaults, right? It's salary. It's ownership. It's projected score. It's percentiles. And Sabre score is using three of those. So I personally, you know, don't think there's a lot like more to do there. Uh, but if you're on the pro and ultimate, which I know you said you're on the pro, you can, you can mess around with custom metrics, right? You can go to this add custom lineup metric. And if you want to tweak something, if you want to mess around, what I always suggest doing is going to Sabre score. And then over here on the right, there's going to be an eye icon. You can click it. It will show you the variables in Sabre score. It'll pop up here. It'll say, Hey, we're using this variable at this way. We're using that variable at that way. We're using this variable at this way. You know, use that as a baseline and then either add variables, take variables away, change the weights. You can go a lot of different directions, but I like to use Sabre score as the baseline and then build from there. So if you're looking to do something different, I would probably recommend messing around with custom metrics. There's not a lot of guidelines there, mostly because custom metrics are more art than science. Um, as far as, you know, what you want to do with them. Okay. Next question here from Bill's nut question says after running contest sims, sorting by risk adjusted ROI and adjusting mini uniques, what are some other quick adjustments I can make to improve my NBA process for 2150 max also is sorting by risk adjusted ROI the best sorting method? I've heard others talking about sorting by cash rate or win rate and was wondering if there was a more optimal sort method. Okay. Um, so as far as like tweaks you can do, you know, I, I would really refer to like what we kind of just talked about is like, hey, when, when you've run your contest sim, when you've sorted by risk adjusted ROI, which is our recommendation, when you've adjusted mini uniques, 
come in here and make sure you agree with the players that you're the heaviest leveraged on. And then, you know, the good thing about using min uniques is that it's going to organically adjust your min and max exposures. So you don't have to do it yourself. So like if I go here, right. Um, you know, let me just reset all these in case I made any adjustments. So I had one min unique, 20 lineups. You know, I have three guys over 95%. Uh, another three guys over 70%, right? And then when I when I adjust this, you know, to four to four min uniques, you know, now I only have two guys at 70%. So instead of having six guys over 70%, I only have two now. You know, the exposures are adjusting very, very naturally, right? And you can see these leverages come down from like 50 down to like 30s, et cetera here, right? And then maybe you make some fine-tuned adjustments. So what you're doing with mini uniques is you're making the builder make tough decisions about who to keep in the lineups and who to move around. Right. So like in this scenario, uh, what's, what's really interesting to me, right. Is that if we look here, you know, Keontae George is our fifth highest exposure at 75%. He's below all these other guys, but when we increase mini uniques from one to four, you know, Keontae George is tied for the highest exposure on here. Right. So like, when you do this, you might be like, oh, you know, Tobias Harris must be the best play of the game because he's in 100% of our lineups and nobody else is. But when you start to make the builder make tough decisions, it's actually saying, hey, we actually think Keontae George, you should keep the exposure to him and actually lower the exposure to Tobias Harris, to Paul Reed, to Greg Jackson, who went all the way from like 90 down to 45. So the builder is going to do that like in a very efficient way. And then if you have any last fine-tuned adjustments that you want, then come in here and set like one, two, three max exposures. But um, I like I like that organic effect that you get from using this tool. Okay, next question. Would I be limiting my portfolio too much if I sorted by contest, same risk adjusted ROI, then filtered out cash percent under 40%? And win rate under 0.15, my dupes are still low according to the tools. Uh, so it really just comes down to how many lineups you end up filtering out. You know, when you apply a filter, I like to say that, you know, I don't like to get rid of like maybe more than like 20% of my lineups, like 10 to 20%, right? So I'm at like 500 and, you know, I apply some type of lineup filter. I don't really want that lineup filter to you know, cut my pool in half, right? I think that's like way too aggressive. I probably lax that filter a little bit, but if you're filtering out, you know, 10% of your lineups with one filter and like 10% of your lineups with another filter, like, I think that's pretty much okay. Uh, especially on like these classic slates. So I, I don't mind doing that at all. All right. Next question. Is it better to adjust a player's projections to get him into your lineups or just set a minimax amount on the individual player you want to have? Okay, good question. Um, honestly, to me, guys, it depends what your goal is and it depends why you're making the change, right? So in my opinion, you know, why are you making this change, right? Do you just think this guy is a good play? If you just want to play this person, if you just think they're a good play, you have some conviction, just set a minimax exposure. Now. If you think this player's projection is wrong for some reason and you just want to give the builder a more accurate input, then I would simply adjust the projection. So like maybe today, you know, Keontae George projected for 21 minutes. Maybe for whatever reason, my research leads me to believe he's actually going to play 25 minutes. Now, 
Obviously, that would be good if he played more minutes than projected because most people are projecting him at this level. But I'm not coming at the point. I'm not coming at this from the angle that, hey, I want to play this person more because I think they're going to play more minutes. I'm coming at it from the angle of like, hey, I want to give the builder a more accurate projection. So, and then let the builder decide what to do. So like, you know, say he was one point per minute for simple math, right? I would change his projection from 21 to 25. Now I wouldn't do anything beyond that. And then I would let the builder say, okay, now that this is the player's projection, how much do we want to put this player into your lineups? And, you know, sometimes you're going to make an adjustment like this and the builder is still not going to give you very much exposure to the player. In my opinion, that's okay. You've given the builder a more accurate input. It has evaluated that input and still decided to play this player at a low exposure. I know that feels bad because you found something that you think is inefficient, but sometimes, you know, that that's letting the builder do its thing. Sometimes you're going to do this and the builder's going to like want to jam this player in. They need to make like a risk management decision. Like, okay, you know, how strongly do I believe in this take? How firmly do I think this is actually going to happen? And honestly, sometimes, you know, it's my recommendation Say that you think that this guy's actually going to play like 25 minutes and he's at 21. I might just make it 23 where I'm just making a directionally accurate adjustment where I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just trying to say, hey, I think it's going to happen this way and just kind of nudge the builder in a direction rather than be super specific because if you're wrong and the builder just jams this player in, then, you know, it's really going to hurt you. But if you're just trying to be directionally right, it, it's not, it's a little safer it's a little bit better like a risk management approach in my opinion all right jumping over to the youtube chat hiker willie in regards to players i have high exposure to and leverage in order to decrease exposure would it be better to lower projections or set a minimum exposure my high own plays seem to fail uh, often so um sounds like you're probably like a, a risk averse person uh you know i would crank up many uniques to the max i wouldn't even do one less than the max i would crank it up as high as you can and then I would probably go into your leverage and then, you know, your highest leverage plays, I would probably just set a couple max exposures and, you know, just be very flat. You can even build with a global max exposure. If you want, click the gear icon. It's going to say set max exposure to blank for all players. And maybe, you know, you just uh, come at, at it with this very, very flat approach. So that's another option as well. If you're going to do that approach, approach uh, what I would suggest doing is always sorting by my own. And then just seeing like what the highest owned player is and, and just, you know, maybe using that number, right? So if somebody's projected for 70% ownership and you're like, oh, I don't want to play a player more than 50%. Well, now you're already negative leverage on one of the highest owned plays on the slate. So you're basically saying, hey, I want to be neutral at most to the highest owned player and then just kind of trickle down from there, right? So, mm -hmm. so that's another way to think about it. Okay, next question. If I enter two 150 max contests, two 150 mini max contests, you're saying 240 lineups, but my math says 300, but we'll figure it out. Is it better to build 240 lineups or do 150 and delete them and bring up a new 90 or just put the same 150 into both contests? Thanks. Okay, so regardless of how many lineups you have, in my opinion, uh, the way that we suggest you play is to enter a unique lineup into every entry you have. So for tonight, I have 181 uh, entries. I'm going to build 181 lineups. That is just how we suggest doing that. 
Um, I've, I've seen, you know, other people like Big T over at Run Pure, because I see your logo here, uh, do it differently where, you know, they have like one lineup in like a bungee contest where like if they hit, you know, they really just crush. Uh, that approach is like a little more high variance, but if that's your style, then like that's your style. But if you're asking me, I'm going to say build a unique lineup for every entry you have and just use this number in the parentheses in the contest tab. Okay, question from James. How do I upload custom projections? Great question. So you just go to this upload button here, and then you can either upload a CSV. You can click on the cell in the top left corner. You can copy and paste, and then uh, just make sure that the column headers match the appropriate columns here. So like sometimes if if you have a certain verbiage for your projections, you know it's like FP for like fantasy points. You know the builder might not pick up on that automatically. So you just have to go into the column and then just match the appropriate one to the fantasy points, match the name or the player ID. You know, you have a couple different options and then click save. And then once you click save, that will uh, populate in the my projection column. And then you can even save that as a source projections. So uh, if you're looking for a tutorial on that, go to help in the top right corner, you go down to frequently asked questions, and then you go to custom. So how to upload custom projections. We have a tutorial that shows you exactly how to do that, which I will drop in the chat for anybody who needs access to that video. But with that said, we're all caught up on questions in both the Office Hours channel and the YouTube chat. So appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And uh, tomorrow will be Friday, you know, last show of the week. We do this show Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you guys have questions ahead of the weekend, tomorrow is the day to get those questions in and get those questions answered. So until then, everybody, good luck. Take care. I'll see you all. Thanks. Bye.